The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Annex Wealth Management shows on the air at 92.5 Fox News. Great half hour for you. A little preview of a brand new seminar we've got coming up called Moving in Retirement, Residence or Domicile. Know the difference. Also, going to check in with Brian Fiore, who is branch director at Annex Wealth Management here in Naples. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our chief investment officer. Good morning, Derek. Good morning, Danny. Hey, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. How are you? I am doing great, and it's a beautiful day today in Naples. And I'll have to talk to you a little bit about what happened on Friday, though, because uh, the market was down, and part of the reason, Derek, I believe, is because, of course, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day, and the markets are closed. It could have been profit-taking. Yeah, I think that's that's a reasonable assumption. I mean, one thing we did see this morning, you know, three of the major banks reported, Wells Fargo, Citicorp, and J.P. Morgan, and we all know the financials have had a big run since, uh, really, since the November election, and all three of those companies beat on the earnings line and only JP Morgan beat on the revenue line and despite that JP Morgan actually sold off so I think that gave investors the cue that you know there's a lot of good news baked in we're starting to enter earnings season uh, and essentially stocks are up a lot and it's they're ripe for profit taking right and so there might have been some profit taking and you know you talked about banks and of course the interest rates have a big part of bank profitability and the 10-year Treasury now over one percent is part of the conversation that's right you know a steepening yield curve is good for banks. They, they borrow short, they lend long. So to the degree that that spread widens, that makes their net interest margin improve, which is a major way they generate profits. Uh, the other positive thing with the banks was that J.P. Morgan, in their, in their case specifically, uh, had over reserves. So they took $3 billion out of their reserves. And what that tells you is J.P. Morgan believes the U.S. economy is on a firmer footing and the credits that they have on their balance sheet are better than they thought three quarters, three, three months ago. Now, so we were giving you the positive side of of course, there's always the other side, which, of course, makes a market in the economic news not so good in a lot of fronts. No, this the economic news this week was certainly missed. The retail sales number was disappointing, down for the third month in a row. Again, a major, major reason why we're trying to replace income through fiscal stimulus. Industrial production was better than expected. Jobless claims was weaker than expected. And consumer prices were a little bit hotter than expected. So the U.S. economy is in a decent spot. The pr- projections for fourth quarter GDP or about 8% annualized, so certainly a good number. And given the quarters we saw in the third quarter, it's, it's reasonable to expect that companies are going to do well and beat estimates. The question is whether that's already been priced in. That's right. Now, there's the reason why we saw Biden came out with his stimulus package, and it is a big, big number, $2 trillion. And the people are going to argue that it's needed. Well, you know, that's up for debate, but $2 trillion is a big number. Yeah, and he's really trying to address what we've referred to as the K-shaped recovery where certain industry verticals have done fine during the pandemic, uh, witnessed the banks, and others, you know, like hotels, airlines, restaurants, and the rest, have done much poorer. So so basically by enhancing the stimulus checks, enhancing unemployment 
benefits, extending them. Uh, we're basically building a bridge to the future for people so that they can pay their rent and put food on the table. And I understand that, but it's not never going to be enough unless those businesses are allowed to open and run, talking about allowing people to travel, go to hotels, uh, go to restaurants, and so on. You see what's happening in California, and there's a move to remove the governor in California because they're not opening those businesses. So stimulus, I think that's a good way to say it, is a bridge. These checks that are going to come forward are a bridge to the next step. And the one thing, the last thing I want to talk about is there's a rotation in the market and explain what that means. Well, basically a rotation of the market is if you think about the S&P 500 as an example, you've got 11 sectors with different exposures to the economy. So you have real estate, basic materials, technology, healthcare, and so on. And basically last year, consumer discretionary technology and healthcare performed very well. And investors tend to chase performance. So those sectors did really well last year. But as a result, those sectors were a much larger allocation to people's portfolios than, say, exposure to energy and real estate, which performed very poorly. So oftentimes what large institutional investors will do is they'll rebalance back to a more neutral sector allocation, which essentially means take a little bit money off your winners and add a little money to your losers. And that is a strategy that does work over the long haul and helps enhance risk-adjusted returns. And you think about those sectors, you know, there's really 11 sectors. Technology, as you said, did really well, up 45%, while energy down 35%. That is an 80% gap. That is a chasm. And that is the reason why people who suggest that there will be a reversion to the mean will say exactly that, Derek, is that they're going to start buying stocks like energy stocks, and we've started to see that. All the more reason now to go through your portfolio and understand what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. And Danny, every single day we have people come into our Naples office, and they go through this process, and they get a, they get a scorecard. I'm going to guess to a person they think back of a year ago, Dave, right. how different things were. But it's a metric, and we want to find your metric. We want to put heart into that metric, into that equation, and we want to help you achieve the retirement of your dreams. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button. You begin the process for that free portfolio analysis and also the framework for a financial plan. But really, it is a wealth metric. That's what we're talking about. When we say know the difference, we're talking about one team, one plan, and one fee, one team for investment and retirement planning and tax planning and estate planning. Do it all. One plan. It's a complete plan that includes every aspect of our team working for you. The most important thing. We're a fee-only fiduciary, zero commissions. That is complete fee transparency. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We're going to be back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. We keep hearing unprecedented during this pandemic. From a financial perspective, we've seen a lot of this before. Market plunges, global pandemics, high unemployment. Everyone has an opinion, and frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. You need a steady, independent voice. Annex Wealth Management has decades of experience helping clients navigate. You don't need a sales pitch. You need an assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. AnnexWealth.com. If not now, when? Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. Team. Tech. Trust. Straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. This is a team segment. Joining me is Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, Rick Koloff is Manager of Tax Planning. He is a CPA, a CFP, 
and a JD, which means he's a lawyer. You, were you an Eagle Scout as well? I was not an Eagle Scout. I'm surprised at that. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Good to have you on the team. Thanks, Dan. Deanne, you guys have been putting your heads together. You got something cooked up that's pretty interesting. We do. So we are about to kick off our webinar series here at Annex Wealth. And you know how we love doing them in person, but we've got these great webinars, which obviously are safe and enable you to enjoy it right from your computer and sign up easily with us. We're going to be doing this year some series of different topics. So this one, the first one that Rick and I are going to talk about is in our retirement series. So we have all of these pre and at and just through retirees that put their heads together and said, these are some topics we'd love to hear about. And you know, Danny, one of the big things I hear as a wealth advisor is, hey, I'm thinking about moving. Mm. And we're not talking about downsizing. We're talking about maybe a cross-country sizing. So there's this word that's been thrown around a lot, domicile. And that's technically different than residence. Rick is joining us to talk about the difference in that. It's a very important difference, actually. Unfortunately, even taxing authorities really don't get it right. They will often refer to a residence or residency based on how you will file your income taxes. But the fact is, what's most important is where you're domiciled. You can only have one domicile. You can have many residences. So I can have a house in Florida, a house in Wisconsin, but it's where I intend to live, remain, and when I leave, intend to return. So where, you know, where I intend to be, no matter if I'm not there. And that is really what creates the domicile. And then there are all these facts and circumstances, rules or tests that the different jurisdictions might have in dictating if you are a domicile or not. They're not the same throughout the country, but yes, it's important to understand that difference. So domicile is kind of where I'm going to set down my roots and make it be stickier is what I would say with that. I know there are a lot of reasons why people want to move and change. I mean, for me, it's Wisconsin and the Midwest in January. So for me, it's the sun, chasing the sun and that warmth. But sometimes it is for relatives that might live across country, right? Sometimes people move for better business opportunities. Maybe they're relocated and in today and COVID, people are working remotely. So all of these come and factor in. But I do hear often, well, I want to go where there might be a better tax opportunity. What are some of the broad tax reasons that people might change their domicile? They always, when I say they, our clients often think of or come to me with, you know, what are the tax ramifications? And mm-hmm. so I'll indicate, you know, you need to think about, obviously, income taxes. Are you, are you going to a more uh, tax-aggressive state or a no-tax state? But there are also all kinds of other taxes. Different states tax differently. Everybody's got to collect their revenue in some way, shape, or form. So sales taxes, property taxes, estate taxes, inheritance taxes. There are any number of taxes or fees that states can assess. And understanding how impactful it's going to be, depending upon where your domicile is, will help you determine if your decision-making is in the right direction. But I still will always come back to those questions of heart, as you've alluded to, right? Where are my grandchildren? Can I move? Do I want to move? Should I keep a house here? Is it a better climate? But you're right, with COVID-19, I've had a lot of questions about, I can work anywhere. Hey, maybe I pick a jurisdiction, or I am working somewhere else. What does that mean for me? Right. These are all really salient points. And, you know, this workshop is going to drill down some of those specifics, as well as talking about, here's your list of to do's. How do you prove it? How do you prove to the government if you're audited or even asked, what is your domicile? So we're going to go through a bunch of tax considerations, tips for changing domicile, how to terminate your previous. And then again, once you move those to do's. 
Two things, first of all, before I jump in the to-dos, because states have budgets, as I've alluded to, and they need to collect revenue, the state you're leaving is just as concerned, if not more so, than the state you're going to. If you're going to a no-income tax state, they care a little bit less, but if you're leaving a state, they care about the revenue they're losing. When we talk about to-dos, we think about them in terms of both undoing what you are at now, where you are at now, raising the flag out, and then putting the flag somewhere else, right? That's the to-do about getting into another state. So everybody thinks that six months in a day. That's not the actual rule. I mean, that's one in a number or myriad of facts and circumstances tests that states will look at to determine if you, in fact, are domiciling within a state or not. But yet, on its own, six months in a day, that's good. If I'm in one state more than another, that's kind of some proof, right? But hey, everybody knows driver's license, library card, change your auto a registration. There are all kinds of things we'll talk about at the webinar. So come join us. That's great. So again, coordination of professionals is all about the math. You got to get the tax person on board, your planner on board, and follow your heart. This is all happening by webinar on Wednesday, January the 27th at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can sign up right at our website, AnnexWealth.com, under the events tab. Rick Koloff is manager tax planning. Boy, am I glad you're on our side. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We'll be right back on 92.5 Fox News. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Throughout the pandemic, we've stayed in the fight and have consistently said, don't let your emotions guide your financial plan. I know seeing your retirement plan come under attack is hard to take. Now is the time to start a conversation with Annex Wealth Management for fee-only fiduciary guidance. We can help and we are ready. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. The time is now. Be ready for what's next. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Let's talk soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Joined by Brian Fiore, Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Hey, Brian. Danny, good morning. Over 65 million Americans receive Social Security benefits. It's one part of a great retirement plan. We found four important Social Security rules to know about in 2021, especially if you're thinking of retiring this year, and we're going to talk about it with Brian. Brian, the first is, what does full retirement age look like? Well, for retirement age, the acronym FRA, the age you're eligible to receive your full monthly Social Security benefit based on your earnings history. It's also based on your year of birth. Some changes or things to know in, in 2021. For retirement age birth years in year 2021, it is your 66 if you're born before 1955. For anyone born between 1955 and 1959, the full retirement age will be between 66 and 67. If you're born after 1960, full retirement age will be 67. So it means if you wait a little longer, claim your monthly benefit is kind of where they're going. In 19, I believe 1983, they started, they made the mandate that we would be adjusting for retirement age as needed. And so these are the numbers that we're dealing with this year. Let's talk about the earnings test limits. What is that and how does that work? Well, when you um, collect benefits and you're also working and you haven't reached full retirement age, they have some tests to see how much that's going to impact your benefits. So you can collect your benefits starting at 62 if you would like. You you get less than if you waited till your full retirement age. Um, you can earn up to, in 2021, you can earn up to $18,960 and earn income without having your Social Security benefits affected. Beyond that, 
If you earn more than eighteen nine hundred sixty, uh, you'll have a dollar of Social Security benefits withheld for every two dollars you earn. There's even a higher limit that you can earn up to for the year that you're going to reach full retirement age, the year that you're going to turn 30, 66 or sixty-seven or whatever, and that that limit is fifty thousand five hundred twenty. So if you make more than that, you'll have one dollar of benefit withheld for every three dollars you earn. Here with Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management in Naples, talking about four important Social Security rules to know about in 2021. Number three is how much tax you'll pay on your earnings. And, and Brian, I'm not sure, are people surprised when they find out that they've got to pay taxes on that Social Security income? Well, there's two two things. One is when you earn money, how much of or what you earn is going to go into the Social Security funds that you're going to pay tax on your current income. And then later on in life, when you actually are taking benefits, how much of that might be taxable as income. So up to now, the limit of your taxable income that you earn that you're going to pay taxes on into the Social Security fund is 142800 However, there's talk that that may change with a new president, new administration may that may change. Maybe there's talk up to 400000 is that limit. So any income that you make, maybe up to 400000 is possible that you'll be paying Social Security tax into the system. Then later on, when you take it out, depending on your situation and, and levels of income, if you make over 44000 and change, then up to 85% of your income, Social Security benefit that you get will be taxable in, in your tax year that year. And it goes down from that. So zero to 85, depending on how much you make in income, your provisional income, when you're actually receiving your benefit. And the fourth is if you will earn the maximum monthly benefit, how does that work? Um, There's three things you have to get done to get your full maximum benefit. One is wait until your full retirement age to claim benefits. If you wait longer, you'll get more. You need to have worked at least 35 years Every year less than 35 that you did not work and pay into the Social Security funds, there'll be a zero for that year for the average for your eventual payout. And you have to hit or surpass the maximal table earnings in each of the 35 years that Social Security Administration takes into account when calculating your retirement. Higher earner and you've done it for a long period of time, then you're going to reach the max it's about 36000 annually currently, and then it's about 37700 and change is the new limit that they've raised in 2021 is the maximum if you meet all those criteria. It can sound a little intimidating. If you've got questions, we can help, especially with Social Security benefits and how it would impact your financial plan for this year. We help our clients with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. It is elite full-service wealth management. It's a great experience designed for you. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Danny. And intimidating is a good word. It's very complex, a lot of numbers. So, yeah, we'll be glad to help make sense of it. We're going to be back with Dave Spano and Derek Felsky to wrap things up. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. We keep hearing unprecedented during this pandemic. From a financial perspective, we've seen a lot of this before. Market plunges, global pandemics, high unemployment. Everyone has an opinion, and frankly, it's hard to know who to trust. You need a steady, independent voice. Annex Wealth Management has decades of experience helping clients navigate. You don't need a sales pitch. You need an assessment of where you are, where you're headed, and how we can help. AnnexWealth.com. If not now, when? Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. 
It is Sunday. It's January 17th. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Just a quick reminder, we got a brand new webinar. It's called Moving and Retirement Residence versus Domicile. Say, so listen to uh, Rick Koloff, who is our manager of tax planning. My, my head kind of spun a little bit, but it's a complex, but it's a very necessary process if you're going to be in a couple of different spots. We can help with that. That webinar happens on the 27th. That is a Wednesday at 7 o'clock. You can register at AnnexWealth.com slash events. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. He is here, and so is Dave Spano, President and CEO. Thanks, Danny. You know, we talk about managing money. It's really about how you allocate the capital that's in your portfolio. And if you're listening to this today, you're probably thinking, is your capital allocated in the right spots? And there's a lot of moving parts that people need to think about. One of those is, is, do you have enough exposure to international stocks? And we see what's happening with China and the yuan, and that is kind of bringing some capital from the United States to Chinese companies. Yeah, the, the valuations of U.S. companies versus international are incredibly stretched. The U.S. market has outperformed international markets by a huge margin, really, over the last decade since the financial crisis. And, and, and they're much cheaper. So when you think about international investing, you think about, okay, what kind of dividends can I get? Well, the dividend yield of, of EFA is more than twice what it is for the S&P 500. Uh, similarly, the, the P.E. ratio of emerging markets is roughly half what it is in the United States, even though there are some great technology companies in those emerging market indexes. And the other thing that we didn't really address is the dollar. You know, the dollar is a beneficiary to U.S. investor when it's weakening relative to overseas currencies. It enhances your return. Returns. So most, what I find is most investors, most prospects who come into our our firm for a portfolio review are way under allocated to international equities as their as those economies are as a percent of GDP. So I would suggest when you think about rebalancing and not just rebalancing what you own domestically or what you own in fixed income, it's also rebalancing what you own globally because I think you'll find some really attractive op- opportunities overseas. And a lot of times when people come in, they are very overweighted in large cap domestic stocks and just think Apple for example well there you know the large cap stocks are very large but what is doing well are small cap or small capitalization stocks really are having a nice recovery yeah and that's again a case you know we talked about rotation earlier I mean there has been a rotation towards small cap companies in fact I saw that the essence the Russell microcap index is now 40 percent above its 200 day moving average historically when you see that kind of differentiation between price and a longer term moving average it's a positive, but it does take some time to digest. So I wouldn't suggest people race out and buy a bunch of small cap companies today, but certainly do the research because the underlying fundamental trends are positive and what's going on with the Fed and the federal government is positive for domestic oriented small caps. And so this week President-elect Biden will be sworn in and it certainly depends on your politics. You are either very happy that Trump is gone or you are freaked out because your taxes are going to go through the roof. Either way there's an opportunity and we always have said and we've said on this show not to invest your politics but to focus on long-term fundamentals but with a Biden presidency See, Derek, there are certain things that are going to change. Well, there's no doubt there's going to be um, much greater emphasis on trying to get infrastructure uh, spending done, whether it's bridge, tunnels, the Internet, 5G and the rest. So there are obviously beneficiaries there. Another area is health care, tweaking the Affordable Care Act in in ways that perhaps will uh, be better for the United States health care community. Also, you know, things like clean energy and the like, electric vehicles. A lot of these things have run up in anticipation. 
participation. Obviously, cannabis stocks, there's thoughts that perhaps uh, that will be legal you know, legalized on a federal basis. Certainly, that would, would boost their prospects. So there are any number of portfolio changes that need to be contemplated. The, the only caution I always say, though, is when people make proposals, don't act as if it's been enacted. It has to get enacted, and it's not easy to get stuff through a 50-50 Senate. Right. So there's certainly a manufacturing stocks, homes, appliances, chips. I mean, there's car makers that can't get enough chips. So all of this means that there's probably going to be some movement in your portfolio. If you're listening to this and you're going, what's in my portfolio and am I in the right spots? There's a way to find that out. And we do it for clients. We do it for prospective clients every day. So if you want to have someone take a look at your portfolio and say, am I in the right spots? There's a way to get that done, Danny. We do it every day. It's a, it's it's scientific. We create this deliverable. We give it back to you if you're listening to this and say, yeah, maybe it's somebody I want to work with or not. But either way, it's a deliverable and you can act on it. You know, and Dave, even if you're retired, get a second set of eyes. That's right. Right? If you have not heard from your person for a long time, if you just have this sneaking suspicion that you might be able to do get better, well, Put us to work. Know the difference. It's one team, one plan, and one fee. That's investment and retirement planning and tax planning and estate planning. Don't go a bunch of different places. One plan, that's the complete plan for you, built via our team for you. And one fee, we are a fee-only fiduciary, zero commissions. That is complete fee transparency. The place to start, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Have a great one, folks. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.